We live in a culture that has forgotten how to blush. The prophet Jeremiah said that about his people during his time, but I'm pretty confident we can say about the same thing now. As our standards slip, we find ourselves in a world cherishing sin like a virtue. It's time to go the second mile and prioritizing purity. Hey, this is Travis Agnew, and thank you for joining me for the Second All Podcast, where you seek to live out the words of Jesus from Matthew 5.41, where he says, if anyone asks you to go the first mile, go the second as well. We want to do more than just following Jesus at a distance, but follow him as closely as we can. So that's why for these weeks, we are looking at the Beatitudes, the words of Jesus that talked about how to have the blessed or happy life. And throughout the Beatitudes, he really does some countercultural guides about what does it mean to live for Christ in a world that does not. And so he, he talks about... Uh, that blessed are those that are poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, blessed are those who are merciful. And today we get to his sixth beatitude, uh, which is blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, why in the world would he say, okay, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God? Well, typically, we often think that those that will see God, or uh, we, we, we would like to focus in on those that are pure in actions rather than pure in heart, because pure in actions are easy. I can be on my best behavior when it's most advantageous to do so. I can be the best type of Christian when I'm at church, and I can be a completely different person when I'm not gathered with the church. And so he's not talking about the pure in actions, those that are pure doing the right things. There's no blemish upon it. There's nothing dirty on it. He's saying not the pure in actions or the pure in hands. He's saying the pure in heart. That deep down in your heart, the the organ that sort of sets the course and the direction of your life, that in that place, are you showing purity? Because if you can, you can see God. And it's almost like in the same way that you would think that uh, that if there was some type of blemish on a diamond, you the light can't bounce or reflect through it as well because there's stuff that's hindering the light getting through. Well, in the same way, if we are not pure in heart, the light that God cast upon our own heart, the reflection is a lot dimmer than what it should be because we are allowing so many things to go on in our life to block the view or to block the reflection. And so as the light of Christ comes in our life, we want to remove ourselves from all impurities so that the reflection of him can be seen and bedazzle so many others. So blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. But that is a very challenging thing to do, especially when we do holiness by comparison and we look at people and think, well, I'm purer than those people are, but that's not the standard. If we want to get a good picture of who God is, we have to accept purity the way that he defines it. So one of the things that I've realized uh, years ago, I, I remember seeing a book title in a, um, it was a used bookstore that I just thought, and I never even picked up the, the book, but the title alone spoke so much to me that the book title was called Respectable Sins. And you would think, man, what kind of bookstore are you in? But it was a Christian book that really talked about how we had categorized certain sins as acceptable and certain things that are just absolutely horrible. And what that shows is that we are really addicted to this idea of being pure in actions or pure in reputation. But once again, Jesus is saying that to be able to really uh, see God, to be uh, free from any type of distractions or blemishes that block the view, that block the reflection, you have to have a purity of heart so that you can see him. And I believe that you can behold God better if you remove the impurities that you've learned to accept. 
All of us just have certain sins that we've accepted that we sort of think are okay. They're not that big of a deal. They're definitely not as bad as what other people around us struggle with or those folks over there. And so what happens is is that we've starting to define ourselves that we accept certain things. I think that there's a lot of times that we have kind of this line of holiness where we think, you know what, it's okay to play in certain areas, to do certain things, but then there is a section that says, okay, now this, this has transgressed a line. And in reality, just like the prophet Jeremiah said, that our people have forgotten how to blush. I want you to think through that some of the things that we see as individuals, some of the things we experience, maybe some of the shows that you watch on Netflix or the movies that you see or the social media jokes that you kind of laugh at, uh, I want you to think through that. Uh, typically, I, I like to ask people, um, you know, would you be okay watching what you watch if I, as your pastor, was sitting there next to you? And typically they would say, well, I, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable with you sitting there next to me. I said, why? Well, because you're my pastor. Well, what if I were to tell you that the Almighty God is always with you? And so if there's something about that you wouldn't want me to be around as a pastor uh, when you're doing or partaking of or laughing at, then how in the world could you do that? Because God is always always around. He's always near. He's, he's always present in not only our actions, or he, he's not only present enough to hear our words, but he, he knows what's in our heart, what we think about. And so deep down, what Jesus is saying is, look, Pharisees and religious people, they can be on their best behavior when it counts. But I'm saying for those that are truly going to follow me, this has got to be something of purity that you are even concerned about the things that you do that no one else knows but me. And that's what's so challenging, because if we honestly think about it, that there's probably this side of you that is your character, who you really are, and there's another side that's your reputation, what you allow other people to know about you. And a lot of times we are on our best behaviors, but I'm saying the blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The more that I remove the impurities in my life, the better that I can see them. I can see them at work. I can see them in my life doing things throughout the day, Clear I can understand and see truths from his scripture. Clear that I can discern when he is answering these prayers that I've been praying. I'm able to see him, but the more impurities I allow in my life, the harder it is to see. I'm distracted. I'm unfocused. And and so much of, just like the prophet Jeremiah said, our people have forgotten how to blush. That if there are certain things that I've gotten used to, accustomed to, because of a standard of judgment, a standard of morality, then we are in danger of that. So my question is, are there areas in your life that you would say, you know what, I would be uncomfortable if my pastor was around, if my mom was around, oh goodness gracious, if my grandfather was around? Is there something that would make you uncomfortable? And I think the question is why? Because if it is something that you feel like, you know what, maybe it's not the most horrible thing, but it's just something that sort of provides a little bit of entertainment, a little bit of laughter, or whatever it is, but you wouldn't want to do it around certain people in your life, then I want you to really discern something and go, why is that? Because ultimately what you're saying is there's something deep down in there that you know is wrong. And impurity is not going to happen by accident. You have to decide what you're going to do to fight against that trend, to slip more and more away from his standard, and to forget how to blush when sinful things of which he had to die on the cross happen around you or in your life or even in your heart.
When I was a college pastor, probably one of the most frequented questions that I got from college students was this one, uh, how far is too far? In most contexts that I would get asked that question, uh, people are asking it in relation towards dating and what is allowed physically in a relationship. And, and, and the way this relates to purity is a lot of people will say, okay, um, I, I know that there's a certain line over here that says this is wrong, but I want to know how far is too far. Like how how close can I get to that without actually doing it, right? And we, we think about that in many sinful areas that we go, okay, well, a certain amount of uh, crassness and jokes is okay, but this is too far. Or a certain type of physical activity is okay, but this is too far. Well, the problem with that question, uh, how far is too far, is that it is a self-referentially absurd question. If you want to know the answer to this question, you're asking a bad question. In a sense, you're asking, when those college students were asking me, how what, what can I get away with with the girl I'm dating or the guy I'm dating, if if we see premarital sex or adultery as the ultimate sexual sin, you're asking how close you can get to that and still be okay. Let's be honest. You're asking how far you can pleasurably enjoy the things that cause Jesus to be brutally killed. There's no way around it. The goal is not how to see how close you can get to sin. The goal is to be holy because God is holy. That, that's what 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 says. We don't want to get near to sin. We should yearn to flee from it. But the problem is that many of us have never really concerned the area of purity what's classified as sin. We don't know what how far is too far. And if you don't determine how far is too far in a dating relationship and what you look at and what you say um, and what you think about, you will cross the line every time. You've got to establish those boundaries. You've got to know where the line is. And all logic is typically thrown out the window in the moment that you are experiencing temptation. As James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15 says, temptation leads to lust and lust leads to sin and sin's going to lead to death. And so you have to determine what is off limits and what is free game as it comes to morality and following Jesus. You don't, If you don't have an authority to help determine the line, you're never going to know when to stop. And in fact, you never will. The problem is the way that we are wired is we're always left wanting something more. We're designed that way. And, and so what happens is, is that without that standard, we find ourselves going further and further and further. So my, my thing is this, how far is too far? Well, if it was in the area of uh, sexual immorality, uh, the Apostle Paul says it this way in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3. He states that among Christians, there should not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity. And, and that, that seems like a pretty serious uh, implication there. That's a pretty hard standard to hit. But he says, look, if you're going to prioritize purity so that you can see God, you can't have a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity. So uh, I remember that recently my kids were supposed to go to some event with the kids, uh, some of their friends, and they were packing a lunch. And then all of a sudden somebody realized that, um, hey, no, you, you can't uh, pack um, anything with peanut butter in it because somebody there is, has an allergy to it, right? And you might go, well, it's not that big of a deal. It, it's going to be on my um, my lunchbox, and it's going to be over there at my lunch. And what's the, the typical possibility of this person even encountering it? And, and any of us have heard the horror stories that when something is in there, even a hint that could cause an allergic reaction, the results can be dangerous, if not even deadly, uh, in some of these situations. And so, if we say just a hint of something that you would be allergic to could cause you to be endangered, then I think the Apostle Paul is just right here. Just a hint of sexual immorality could ruin you. Just a hint of impurity, unchecked, unchallenged, could ruin you. That's why Jesus said it this way, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Not just the blessed are those in action, but blessed are the pure in heart. So for you, do you deep down want to live holy? Do you want to be pure? 
Do you want to live in such a way that Christ is honored in your thoughts, in your words, and in your actions? Because if so, you've got to prioritize purity the way that he does and not just get caught into a system that has forgotten how to blush. Stay faithful, stay pure. I hope to see you on the second mile.